It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, now. here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, The Team. Couple of quick things. Shout out to the Mariachi Cowboy. He won his division in the jiu-jitsu tournament. If you're listening, congratulations from Mike Adams 2.0. Don't forget the merch drop last week. It's a hot ticket item. If you went to the Instagram, you saw Sal and Micah rocking their hats. I'm all out of hats right now. They're sending me another bundle. Uh, once I get the secondary bundle, put your orders in early. It's the 2.0 hats, 2.0 shirts. Now, a lot to get to. Next week, we're going to have Hall of Fame matchmaker from top-ranked boxing, Bruce Trampler. He's Ooh. right now at Tiafimo Lopez, Josh Taylor's weigh-ins. That's tonight. He's at the weigh-ins yesterday. Tonight, he's at the fight. But we'll be talking to him next week in detail, Micah. You think about it. They put together Lomachenko-Haney, now this fight. They have Tyson Fury. They have Shakur Stevenson. That's going to be a fantastic interview. Man, Oscar Valdez. Des, not not to mention what we saw them doing through the bubble. Heck, we've had Berlanga on the show, friend of the show. Shout out to Edgar Berlanga. They got Xander Zygas, some of the biggest names that are up and coming. You've seen the Maloney brothers. The level of competitor and the depth of roster that Top Rank has is incredible. And not to mention, they were the first ones going to bring boxing back in the bubble. So there's a lot, not to mention a man that's booked all the way from Ali to Ali's grandson. Can't yeah. wait to do that interview. Yeah, it's going to be impressive. And tonight, of course, the big fight, Micah, it is going to be Tiafimo Lopez taking on Josh Taylor. And I've talked to a lot of guys about this fight, right? And, and some of them are saying, hey... Um, they like Josh Taylor. I, I'm kind of favoring Josh Taylor tonight as well. But if you look at the last few fights at Tiafimo Lopez, he's been up and down since Lomachenko. He had an unbelievable night, marvelous night when he fought Lomachenko. Can he beat Taylor? I think so. But it's going to be a heck of a fight. Can he, but will he? It's what's between the ears. Sometimes you don't know if the focus, if the stars have a line, if all the other activities in his life have quieted down enough to allow Tiafimo to excel. And when there's that many question marks, when there's that much chaos always brewing, I think that this is the night that Josh Taylor Still, some of that name, that recognition, gets on the screens and delivers a memorable performance. Mike, are you ready for Fact or Fiction? It's been a minute on Fact or Fiction. I think it's time for Fact or Fiction. It is time for Fact or Fiction, and, and we're going to go down a long road here, everybody. The Rangers. It's amazing how high-scoring their offense is. And not only amazing, the unfortunate news with DeGrom, the pitcher, right? He's out. Might be out an entire year, but the bats are there. The bats are there. The team is doing it without the ace. Unfortunate news about the elbow. Only team in the league averaging over six runs per game. And about seven days ago when I wrote this stat, before we didn't do factor fiction, 
They were at a plus 132 run differential leading the league. Second thing is that Araldis Garcia, this is an incredible turnaround that the Rangers player is having. Yeah, of course, fact. And and let me just add to this, Michael. You talked about 500 runs. Oklahoma softball, 500 runs over the last three seasons. They win 53 in a row. You're on baseball. I had to switch to softball. 53-game win streak, third time as a national champion. Are they the Alabama of softball? I mean, is that Alabama football down there in Oklahoma softball? I thought I was the one doing factor fiction. You're jumping down to the bottom of my list. Don't forget, sixth title in 10 years. Is that the most dominant, I don't know, what do you call it, group player team? Most dominant college team you've ever seen? I don't want to say ever seen. Because UCLA Bruins basketball had that unbelievable run. And you saw all of it? I didn't see any of it. See, that's what I'm saying that you've seen. In college, I would say Alabama's run in football has been astonishing. And I think Georgia surpasses that in football here soon. I think Georgia's the new powerhouse since we're staying here. And in team sports, there's some track and field teams that have won multiple, multiple indoor or outdoor titles. But for today... Fact, Michael, Oklahoma, it's a dynasty. And they are favored to win next year. And, well, let's not forget UConn Huskies about 111 straight wins. And I think we both saw that. And you didn't even let me get to Araldis Garcia from being put on the waivers by the Cardinals in 2018 to 14 home runs and 49 RBIs to lead the offensive juggernaut that is the Rangers. Quite a story. Uh, fact or fiction? The larger bases have dynamically increased the running on the bases. Yeah, of course. That's a fact. You see it over and over again, Micah. With the bases being bigger, it's it's tie goes to the runner. And in this case, there ain't a whole lot of ties. How does that sound? It's not a tie, and it's about to be a blowout from last year. John Birdie, last year, steals leader. 41 steals last year. Estre Ruiz is already 29 steals in 62 games, people. Running and small ball is back in baseball and movement. And I figured I'd bring this one up. And this is this is a couple weeks old, but this is for a Dodgers fan. Uh, Marcelo Zuna needs to take a step further forward in the box. Oh, I don't want to, Micah. If that's the way it is, that's the way it is. You, you, I, I mean, they have coaches for this, Micah. You shouldn't be hitting the catcher's glove when you're swinging your bat. Take the step forward in the box, or the catcher can take a step backward. If it's real simple. The, if there is only one guy on the team out of nine batters, and one guy continually hitting the pitcher's glove or the catcher's glove. I'd say it's more of a Marcel Ozuna problem. I think it's a comfort zone, Michael. You can't tell a hitter how to hit. There's there's no rule that says where he's standing is against the rules. But if he hits the catcher and interferes with him and hits him on that backswing, it is a penalty. So if you want to stop incurring that penalty, you can adjust your swing. Just like a player in a slump, you adjust. Keep going, Micah. Oakland Athletics, they got to be an enigma out there. Well, Las Vegas is probably excited to have them. 
They've been talking about him. They're going back and forth continuously on if this is going to be, uh, if the stadium's going to be built. They know where it's going to be built. Now that they have enough money to get it all done, is this how much is the city contributing? But they'll soon be the Las Vegas A's. 14 wins, fewest wins in all of the major leagues, but the most walk-off wins in the major leagues at six. They are an enigma because they don't win, but when they do it, it's in spectacular fashion. Here's the question. When the A's get to Las Vegas, they can't be wearing the green and yellow uniforms. They have to go to black and silver. Like, they have to. You can't have black and gold? Well, you can't. The thing is, Michael, you can't go out there with a green top in Las Vegas. Why not Las Vegas? Because you can't. It's black and silver now with the Raider Nation. The you, Vegas Knights are black and yellow. Yeah. Wiz Khalifa, right? Or no, that's, yeah, Wiz no, Khalifa. Black and gold. They got some red in there. They Wiz got Khalifa, red, black, gold, white. His song, one of the best, right? Remember that song by Wiz Khalifa? We're going to have to get our Las Vegas fashion expert to see if the green top is really we can't, a fashion can't do on it. the strip. The green felt should only be on blackjack tables and poker tables. See, that's why I think it fits in because you already see it all over the place. You just gave me where it is. It's on the table. But here's the thing. Don't go over there wearing green uniforms to Las Vegas, Nevada. Continue, Micah. But you told me it's on the table. Um. Kansas State's Keontae Johnson was cleared for the draft. We all have to be cheering for his comeback story. Yeah, of course, Micah. Of course. And, and what an amazing athlete to be able for, to go from that tragedy, from what we saw on the court in Florida, from his heart stopping to now being a draft prospect, and he's there at the Combine. I, I'm cheering for him. Hope it works out. Yeah, absolutely. We're De- all cheering for him. DeAndre Hopkins can be a difference maker. This year, it depends. What depends? You're saying you're saying this year. This year, in what way? Well, it depends what team he signs with. If he signs with Kansas City, gives him one more weapon. Is able to use that big frame in the end zone. Maybe he's that one last piece that the Bills need. I'm saying that as he's a free agent out there, that team should be wanting him because he is that possibility to swing your offense like Odell Beckham did for the Rams to be that final jewel. That's the factor fiction. Does he make a difference in that manner? Can he be because he's rumored to go to teams that have that playoff potential. Micah, you said Odell Beckham Jr. You put him up there with Odell Beckham Jr.? I, I think if we look historically, yes. If we look this year, I'm not saying that. I've seen one G- GM say he can't run. I've seen other people say he could go to the Bills. He could go to the Chargers, the Eagles, the Ravens. He's looking for Super Bowl contention. So I'm asking, is it a fact or fiction to you that he can still be a difference maker as a wide receiver? I'm going to say fiction, but I'm rooting for him. But we're rooting for him. We're rooting for him. So you're on that side. That yeah, once you compared him to Odell Beckham Jr., I just I, I went the other way. Go ahead. Well, who should who? Well, who would you compare DeAndre Hopkins I, to? I, I just can't compare him to Odell Beckham Jr. Great wide receiver, had a phenomenal career. But I here's the thing: if if Hopkins went to the Jets, would it make a difference? I don't know because there's a lot of new guys with the Jets. I'm just saying, Michael, you're you're throwing it out there. If he goes to the Bills, it's another weapon. 
If he goes to the Vikings, it's another weapon. It's obviously another weapon for that, anybody. Yeah, because if you're well, the Jets actually he's a super weapon because he is your third or fourth receiver. So, so why would he leave the Cardinals with Tyler Murray? That's my question. I guess because it looks like Tyler Murray and the Cardinals might be imploding, and there's been talks of them thinking about could this be the year to wave him and look for another quarterback. So, so when you brought yeah. in Odell Beckham Jr., you had Cooper Cup. You, 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 he was just the right fit at the right time for the Reds. Now, I don't know where you put them, Micah. I don't know where the right fit at the right time is going to be. That's we don't know my, if he's a difference that's maker. That's my point. He's a difference maker at one point in time. A great wide receiver. Well, fact or fiction, the NFL drug testing policy was not a difference maker to Le'Veon Bell. I don't know if you heard the story. Well, go ahead and tell everybody. Le'Veon Bell proclaimed that he uh, smoked a, a very scrupulous amount of cannabis uh, likened to the Dave Chappelle character for the movie How High before his glory days as a Pittsburgh Steeler. I don't believe that he ever got the Ricky Williams treatment that just highlighting the lackadaisicalness of the NFL drug testing policy outside of a certain window. Mike, I don't even know why we're talking about this. The question should be this. Is weed legal where he was smoking it. If it's legal, who cares if he was smoking it? How does that sound? I don't think it was legal in Pittsburgh at okay. that time I, where he I was smoking know. it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the rules anymore. I, now? Th- th- now? What, what is the rule? Good. Then, though, then, it's been so long since Le'Veon Bell's glory days. I, I, I don't think that it, it was. I think that's but, a- but I'm saying this. If you're a sports organization, and I don't know the rules and regulations of every NHL, Major League Baseball, I don't know the rules and regulations. But how can you say no to it if the state you live in says yes to it? That is the Denver Bronco argument. Right? Moving on. Fact or fiction, do you agree with Adam Silver? He said NBA just got too physical in the 90s. I I agree with that. I'm going to say fact. In the 90s, it was brutal. In late 80s, brutal. When McHale clotheslined Rambus, that's brutal. When Lambeer, Robert Parrish, and those guys would just flat out punch each other. When Bird was fighting Dr. J. When Kareem was, it, it was physical, Micah. There, there was physicality in the, in the 80s and 90s. See, this is why I feel like you couldn't just, you had to point out the 90s. You could have said the 80s and 90s. I like Mike's answer a lot better because the blame can be shared by a few eras. I know that the malice at the palace, I know that Jeff Van Gunny holding on to Alonzo Mourning, the high definition of those moments lingers on. But you talked about it. There's been clotheslines. There's been right hooks. And those only went down as a personal foul. There a was a personal and, foul. And guess what, Micah? You didn't have to go back to review the tape. There, we, there was no challenges. It was personal foul. You have uh, two missing teeth, and, 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 and it was a boxing match. That's something that we could go back and review the tape for. And you could also go back and review the tape and judge for yourself, because I'm saying Joker and Murray, this is the most dynamic duo in the league. For sure. Fact, right now, today, are they the most dynamic in the history of basketball? I'm going to say Jordan Pippen, Kobe Shaq. Um, But they're up there. They're up there. They're not in the top echelon ever this year for sure. The one game that we just saw, game three, 
The first ever 30-20-10 in an NBA Finals. The first ever time that we saw two guys go 30-point triple doubles. If you accumulate those numbers combined, which those 20 stats included 11 to each other, that two-man game is simply superb. That actually, their stats total out bigger to the biggest Colby Shaq game ever. They haven't won three in a row, but this duo is something that we have not seen in well over a decade. I, I, this, see, here, here, let me give you some duos, Micah. Well, you, let, the ones that you mentioned real duos. quick. No, but let me give you some duos. You're, I know what you're going with. It was a one-night incredible performance by Murray and Jokic. But when you're talking about dynamic duos ever, okay, Stockton and the Mailman, pretty impressive. I said the last decade. That's the only part I wanted to clarify because you're going to come up with a lot that are better, and that's why I gave it the recency bias of what we've seen in the last decade because everything you're going to say is, yes, better than what we've seen. So so let's look at the last 10 years, okay? So, so if you think about the champions of the last 10 years, okay, so... LeBron AD, that's a dynamic duo. I, I mean, that there when you put it together, you're talking about dynamic duos. Braun and AD, they won the title. That's pretty dynamic. That, that, we're going to argue the bubble forever. Holiday, One year wonder, and they're in, ho- injured Drew, every year. Drew Holiday and Giannis. That was not a dynamic duo. Giannis I, I was a one-man game. Yeah, I, I thought, Mike. Well, that's one for the audience. Here, Go to the here, Instagram, here, here. Mike Adams 2.0. Was Drew Holiday a true number two, or was it Chris Middleton? That's why it wasn't, because they had two guys that were at the wings of this super force. So let's, let's continue, because... We're going down the last 10 years, right? You already said Kyrie and LeBron, right? Or, oh, wait, that one also needs to come up. That was the last 10 years. Uh, Brown and Tatum is a dynamic duo. They haven't won it, but they've been close. Well, if Harden, this one wins Harden, it, they Harden and Bede is a dynamic duo. They've been, they've been close. I'm just giving you close now. Kyrie and Durant, that's close. Steph and Clay. It's a pretty dynamic duo. They just won the title the last Steph 10 Steph and years. KD, they won two together. Uh, and do you go Lowry and Kawhi? They won a ring together. Yeah, that was dynamic at the time when they won it. That was at the time that right. they won it. Right, but I, in the last 10 years, no one touches Jokic and Murray. No, in the last 10 years, I'm sorry no one touches them because at this point, the game, the synchronicity, the levels that they're able to execute from and the amount of space on the court where they are positive from it's just ridiculous mike well and let me just add this to the dynamic duos because you got magic and kareem you had koozie and russell you had algin baylor and wilt jerry west and algin ba- i mean we could go on and on and on of duos but continue they're a good one. I don't know if they're an all-time great one. But I feel like we're on the right track to getting back to great games in Detroit. And that move to bring in Monty Williams as coach keeps them on that track. Yeah, I think he's going to do well. People forget when he was with the Pelicans or the Hornets, whatever they were called the year Monty Williams was coaching them, they were in the playoffs. He goes to Phoenix where I thought he did a, a great job. I mean... Yes, the expectation when KD shows up is automatic championship. I get it. And I think he's going to do great for Detroit, Micah. I really do. 
six years, $78.5 million, and with possible incentives, if all goals are reached, a $100 million contract. Monty Williams also just set the replay, just reset the playing field for coaching contracts. Yeah, and, and here's the, that's a fact. But let, let me just say this, Mike. Think about what you just said, the possibility of $100 million for a coach. In six years. Right. And, and and not just that, Micah. They just offered Lionel Messi $1.6 billion for three years, and he turned it down. $1.6 billion for three years, and he said no. Messi to Miami. We are getting a contract like we've never seen before. Stake in the team. Stake in Adidas. Part of your Apple MLS subscription goes directly to Mr. Messi because we know what games you're going to be watching. Did you want to go watch Miami International? Hopefully you got your tickets because general admission was $29 three days ago. Messi signs $477 (laughs) to get in the building, people. That's the power of Lionel. And here's the thing, Micah. Think about this unprecedented, right? We thought when Jordan signed with Nike, that was huge. Still is. If you saw the movie, you you know where I'm going with that. What Lionel Messi just did was write the script for other guys who can play at this level. Imagine Brady after he won his fourth ring. He could have put a deal like this together. He could have. This is the biggest deal that's ever happened for MLS. Ever in anything. In Beckham, you've brought in Pele, you've brought in Zoltan, but they were a little long in the tooth. This is the first ever FIFA Cup gold ball winner to come to MLS the year that he won the World Cup. Micah, listen to what I just said. He turned down three-year, $1.6 billion contract to do the deal with Miami. One day we're going to have Messi owning his own franchise in the MLS. It's it, it's a beautiful thing to see where this is going. Micah, let me put it to you this way. Let, let me just put it to you this way. Three years, $1.6 billion. Okay, just, just listen to what $1.6 billion. Micah, he could have bought four MLS teams. I, I, he could I have invested be- in an NFL team, invested in a Major League Baseball team. That's as inconceivable to me as the Philadelphia 76ers have changed medical perspectives. In what capacity? They went from a doctor to a nurse. Ah, that's a good one, Micah. Oh, you know you liked it. You know, that, you, that you one, laughed they, when I told that, it to that, you like 10 you, days ago. You know, that was 10 days ago, Micah. The, the joke wore off. You know, there's some jokes, and if you're a comedian listening right now, shout out to you. There's some jokes that sound good 10 days ago, and then if you repeat the joke, you're like, oh, yeah, I heard that one. At some point, you could have just talked about Phil Nurse and is he the right choice or not to lead the 76ers, to take Joel Embiid and Maxi, yes, and Maxi, the true number two star there on the 76ers, to the next level. Do you like it or not? I, I, here's the thing. you got to give him a chance. He's already won a chip. And he proved it with Kawhi, right? Pascal Siakam and Lowry. So you got to give him a chance. I mean, his resume says he can win a chip. And if you're a nurse, do you feel like he made the right decision? You had Milwaukee, you had the Suns reportedly, and you had Philadelphia. 
Is this the right decision to go with the MVP? I, I think you, you you get the MVP. You get a you get a town that loves hoop scoops and alley oops, and you have a chip on your resume. I think that's a lot, Micah. That's like me giving you the keys to the Ferrari, and you don't know how to drive it. Well, it's a lot. Like the NBA says, they want to start penalizing, flopping. I, I think that's a, a blit overblown of an expectation that's going to be able to truly designate flopping. Well, I haven't. Well, first of all, yes. What is the definition? So that's a fact. What would be Kyle the definition? Kyle Lowry diving over the scorer's table when he barely got bumped by Marcus Smart. That was a flopping. But 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 the question becomes: Is that the definition of flopping? Over exaggerated? Is that what flopping is? Is flopping um, a choreographed, animated, uh, scripted? See, I'm looking for definition because if you're a referee, you have to follow that. So that you'd have to you'd have to put it in place. Flopping is Joker pushing bomb out of bio out of way, and somehow Kyle Lowry sends him to the ground like we just saw Brock Lesnar put down Frank Mir. Here's the thing, Micah. Let's let, less flops and more more props. How does that sound? You like that one, so? Less flops, more props. Continue. We'll get to the hops. And, and Jimmer Ferdet was this close to bringing home the gold for the U.S. Yeah, three-on-three three FIBA. For those of you keeping score at home, Michael watches everything. We're and he thought ball. he got me on this one. He called me the other day. He said, do you know who won? I said, yep. And he said, man. And I said, oh. And he said, ooh. And I said, ah. And Serbia bring home the gold USA with the silver. Shout out to the women's three-on-three team, Vienna, Austria. If you people are getting interested, FIBA account, go to the YouTube. You can watch it all back. Like we all should watch back, Kai Kara France, Amir Albazi. That one, though, was a little questionable on the cards. So, fact, it was questionable. Who'd you have winning? I had the first round, the fourth round, and the fifth round for Kaikara France, and I don't have a problem with him losing. First round, close. Second round, close. Third round, Albazi. Fourth round, fifth round, Kaikara France put it on Amir Albazi, and somehow Chris Lee fell asleep at the wheel and scores the round incorrectly. Uh, 5-27 to 27 in landed strikes without a knockdown, without a significant moment, is pretty descriptive of how the round went. So, so here's the thing. Because you just gave that description. What if, Micah, you put not three judges. Stay with me. You put five judges, okay? But these judges are going to be like the robot umps. And they're just looking, you, you know, you have to program it. To say you're looking for strikes, defense, you know, ring generalship, you have to you have to program all of them, and then just put five robots, Micah, and let the robots decide. Is that what you want? Because these close calls, there's a reason for it, right? What you see may be different from what the judge sees. We need people that see it correctly. It feels like this one was not done correctly, so I'm open to any suggestions. And I want to bring this up. I don't know if you saw the new goggles that Apple made. Have you seen those? $3,500 worth of goggles? Yes, I've seen those. And what if everybody just wore the goggles, right? Because you can program anything into these goggles. So if there's a strike, right? 
it would it, you would know. You have a hundred foot TV in these goggles. Have you seen this, sir? You can you're looking through goggles at a hundred foot TV. Now, if a punch happens, Michael, bing, it, you could program it where it tells you he just got punched. Area lights up. It lights up. The the more See the harder the effect, yes. the more it lights up. I love it. We're taking this to the next level, and let's also top it off with uh, some open scoring. We couldn't say we can tell the fans what the judges are writing down. We can put it on the scoreboard. You also got to put it on the scoreboard that Jim Miller is a legend yeah, for sure, Hall of Famer. One There's punch no knockout. Question. That was a beautiful performance. He's like fine wine, only getting better with age here's right now. A, here's the thing, Michael. The guy's been fighting for, what, 21 years? How, how many years has he fought now? I don't know, but it is 25 wins in the octagon. Most appearances, most victories. In years. Years. Of still fighting. Has been at UFC 100, 200, and once next summer for UFC 300. And, and should be in the UFC Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. Should be in that Hall of Fame. Talking about the UFC Ultimate Fighter going on, big ratings, Conor McGregor. It's been some dynamic finishes these first two weeks. Yeah, and not so that's a fact. And not just that, Micah. They're all looking, and, and I don't know if you're watching. I'm, I know you're watching, but how closely are you watching? They really look up to Conor. Conor's showing them some stuff that they're really paying attention to. Team Chandler up 2-0 right now. The veterans have scored two big knockouts in the first week. Roosevelt Roberts devastating 10 seconds in week one. Week two, still getting it done for Team Chandler. Getting it done last weekend. Is Clarissa Shields the women's face of boxing? I'm going to say fact. I really am. And I was really hoping there was a point, Micah, where Shields would fight Holly Holm. I really wanted to see that fight. I did. Maybe they can still make it. I don't know. But yes, Clarissa Shields is the women's boxing champion. What wins again? She's fought whatever they put in front of her. Is it enough to brutalize? Does she need to get the knockouts to take the next step in garnering attention? Not at all. So that's fiction. And I'll tell you why. Micah, she's the best in the world. She's the best in the world, and whether she does it technically or knocking people out, she's the best in the world. Best in the world. Did we get your official pick for tonight, Taylor Lopez? I'm going Josh Taylor. It wouldn't surprise me if Lopez won. I think it goes 10 rounds. And and I've been watching, Micah, a lot of the lead-up to this fight because both fighters, to me, are incredible. I followed both of their careers. I, I just think Taylor has enough to win this. Do we need to worry about Gervonta Davis? I don't know, Micah. I, I, I don't know. As great a performance as he's put in the ring, you know, you hate to see the out-of-ring stuff. It's troubling what's happening, and it's continuing to stack up in headlines in a negative fashion. One more, sorry, on that negative side. Adrian Broner. His name's out there. Is he still worth watching? Uh, here, here was the thing. At the time, Micah, he definitely entertained. Uh, I haven't seen him fight in quite some time. I mean, do we think it garners a ton of attention? No. But it'd be interesting to see how he performs. 
Amanda Nunez tonight, Vancouver. The women's world title is on the line. Mexican MMA is on a rise. Arena Aldana was the original hopeful opponent. The UFC decided to go with the trilogy fight. Forces of injury sideline Pena. Does Aldana pull off the upset? I'm going with Nunez. I think the champ is too well-rounded, but there is a reason why these betting odds are as close as they are. People, they're close. They're very close, Micah, so that's a fact. It's hard to go against Nunez, but I'm, I'm going to pick the upset special on this one. Arain Aldana has a nice technical boxing technique to her game she can come with power with either side if you look back she knocked out yana santos with the right hand she knocked out Vieira with the left hand but it took a hell mary to get the win over macy chasson and the takedowns came easy i think that nunez is just too well-rounded and able to fight from either stance and that's gonna make a difference also tonight, the co-main event, Charles Oliveira, Benil Darius, number one contender for the lightweight title, is on the line. I'm calling the underdog here in Benil Darius. Do you have the reigning, the former champion or the upstart? I have the upset special on this one too, Mike. I agree with you. And Oliveira is a tough out. He's a tough out, Micah, but I, I like I, I, I was going to bring this up to you too. At this stage, this could be the breakout fight for him. This could be the fight that catapults him. I think that it's going to be a two wise and experienced Darius. He has understood the mistakes that he's made before. You allow Oliveira to come towards you. He's going to expose himself like he did against Mahasha. He has to take advantages of big moments, Oliveira, to have success. And I think that Darius is too technical, too disciplined to give away those opportunities. He's going to have a big opportunity. Big name in the world of golf now, Rose Zhang. How big is she going to become, Mike? Yeah, and that's fantastic what they've accomplished, right? What, 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 what's been accomplished, Micah? Tell everybody what was accomplished. What was accomplished is Rose Zhang won the NCAA tournament for the Sanford Cardinal. And the very next weekend, she turns professional, goes to the LPGA Tour, and comes in first place in her first ever tour and doing it on an extra playoff hole sudden death. Yeah, incredible poise. She's phenomenal. You win the national championship with the Stanford Cardinal. Let me name some golfers who went to Stanford. Tiger Woods went to Stanford. Nota Begay went to Stanford. Okay? This girl wins the national championship and then wins the first tournament, Micah. Unbelievable. The contract for Kareem Benzema is outrageous. Did, did you hear this one, Mike? $215 million per year to put that in line for some people. The NFL salary cap is $224 million per team. $215 million over how many years, Micah? Per year. Per year? Per year to go to the Saudi Arabian League. I want to know this, though, Micah. Here, here's, here's the thing. $215 million a year. A year. Wow. You said Messi turned down 1.6 over three years. So that would have been close to 500 million a year. 
So 215 doesn't sound that incredible, but it is. Micah, incredible factor fiction. Don't forget, you can go to Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify Podcasts. Go to Mike Adams 2.0 on the Instagram. Get your hat. Order it now. Just put in an order. Just type it in and tell them how many hats you want. Sell behind the glass. Always good to see you. Did you see how quick this went today on Factor Fiction? Mike, always good to see you. We hadn't done Factor Fiction in a while. Next week, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame matchmaker. Bruce Trampler is going to be joining us. Can't wait to have that conversation. A lot to get to there. One last fact or fiction for you, Mike, before we go. Is 400 possible this season? 400 what? Batting average. I've always said, I've always said this, that record will be broken. Luis Ariza, the Marlins, 403 as we sit today. That record will be broken someday. I don't know if it's this year or not, Sal, but we'll figure it out. Sal Behind the Glass, thank you. Joe Neal, the president, appreciate you. Micah, always good seeing you. Always good talking to you, Mike. Everybody catch up with me. Check out what I'm doing. CagedMinds.com. Caged Minds MMA show on YouTube. MMA After Hours. Pro Wrestling After Hours. Same place you get this podcast. Make sure to thank Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John Michael. It's Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7. The team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.